What's going on, everybody? This is Noah Alvarez, and you are tuned into another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, episode 129 of the show. And things are a little different on this week because we got no ad reads. So, a little quicker intro, a little quicker outro. But before we get into this week's guest, did want to remind you guys. Thank you to Generic Sports for producing the instrumental playing in the background. Check out more of his work at SoundCloud, on Bandcap, on Twitter, on Instagram. Just search up Generic Sports, no tricky spelling. Also, shout out to my man Vince Correa for designing the My Mike and I logo that you are seeing in your screen. He helps out a ton too with the graphics that go into the My Mike and I Instagram page. Be sure to follow that if you're on Instagram at my period Mike and period I. One more time, that's at my period Mike and period I. What I do with that page is essentially promote the show, have some fun too, post some polls and some questions for the listeners and, and followers to kind of interact with me that way. Highlight the guests, obviously post some video and, and audio clips too from each week's show and kind of that stuff. And so it's a good way to keep up with the show as well, support the show on social media. If you're also looking to follow me on other social media, Twitter is another good place, at underscore Noah Alvarez. It's my personal account, but you know, those are the two best platforms if you want to reach out to me about any questions about the show, being on the show. Uh, any feedback you'd like to give on the show, those are the two best platforms as far as reaching out to me. And I did want to remind you too, on those two platforms, I did post relatively recently that I'll be doing a giveaway for gift cards. All you got to do to enter is purchase some My Mike and I stickers. They're $2 a pop, $3 for the holographics. Uh, obviously, this is audio, so I can't give you an image of the stickers, all that I have. But if you tune or if you look and scroll on those pages, Instagram and Twitter, I'll probably post it on Facebook, too. I don't think I've posted it on that as well. But yeah, I've been mailing out a few uh, to, you know, all different kinds of places in the country, too. So that's fun. It's a little experience. And uh, it's been enjoyable, to say the least. But yeah, thank you to everyone who's already purchased one. If you're interested, like I said in that giveaway, all you got to do is buy one sticker. And one sticker gives you one name for the drawing, which will be announced the day before Thanksgiving. Um, That's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I'll be announcing the winner of a $50 gift card and a $25 Visa gift card. So you could potentially win two gift cards if you, let's say, bought like 20 stickers. You would have 20 names in the drawing. Gives you really good chances. Yeah, so on and so forth. And all that proceeds are going to go back to the podcast as I look to reinvest in some, you know, newer equipment, um, a newer setup, and just all kinds of stuff too, strictly for the podcast. So I'd greatly appreciate any support. Even if you don't purchase any stickers, a simple share or uh, passing, you know, word of mouth is uh, definitely appreciated. Now, also, the last thing I wanted to say before we get into this week's guest, this week has been obviously a hectic week. Election day was on Tuesday, and as I was recording this Tuesday night, or excuse me, not Tuesday, Thursday night at 10 p.m., I just hope that, uh, you know, everyone has taken some time out of their week to unwind, unplug, and relax. Uh, Take a deep breath, because I know, you know, these times got everybody feeling a little anxious, um, you know, no matter what side you're on, obviously there's there's rumors of this, that, and the other, and it's not it hasn't been an easy process compared to pa- previous elections. But we kind of knew that going into it, right? Obviously, because of COVID, obviously because of the, the amount of mail-in ballots, and obviously because you know the cuts that have been made to the United States Postal Service. So it's it's a crazy time that we're living in. But I hope you guys just you know take a second to unwind, take a deep breath, take a step back, 
and unplug from sometimes the social medias or your news outlets or whatever you may be constantly paying attention to, it's good to take a step back, maybe unplug for a day or, or two and kind of catch up on information the following day or whenever you may be. Because, I don't know, I just realized that some of this stuff has been really fucking with my mental health and there's already a lot to go on or to deal with in a normal everyday life. So I can only imagine what this adds to people's plates. So yeah, that's the end of that rant. Now we can get into this week's guest for episode 129 of the podcast. Can I get a drum roll, please? This week's guest is none other than the Jody Joe, an artist, Adam Moreno Valley. I met him at the Cool Lab, and if you are a recent frequent not a recent, if you're a frequent listener of the podcast, I've met a lot of these artists through the Cool Lab Project in Santa Ana. Shout out to Rocky Angelini and all the people who helped put that on and continuously put that on, even through the IG lives that we've you know, been uh, having to do these you know, past couple months because of COVID and because of lack of public greeting places and stuff like that. But another very talented artist, and I ain't gonna lie, I fanboyed a little bit, or fangirled, whatever. I fangirled a little bit when I, I officially, you know, got to record. This is something that, you know, we had scheduled, again, pre-COVID, and then as soon as COVID hit, you know, just obviously got tougher things. We couldn't do it in person. We wanted to wait to do it in person, and then we finally got to make it happen. So it's a lot of fun. Um, really talented dude, and I'm super grateful and super blessed to have him on this show. So without further ado... Hope you enjoy the conversation between Jody Joe and myself. So what do you got here? Select? Yeah. Alright. Oh, is this two player? Yeah, we yeah. Oh, Shut up. Shit, dog. That's crazy. Alright. So we're playing. What is it? San Andreas, right? Yeah. San Andreas. Alright, cool. My voice shows female. Yeah, man. What's wrong with that? <laughs> What's your favorite uh, Grand Theft Auto? San Andreas. <laughs> <laughs> you just double tap X, X to run, right? Yeah. Bro, I haven't been in this shit forever. How do you get? How do you get in the car? Trying to go to hop in the whip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She said, "I don't open. You open the door." For All right, me. there you go. There you go. Let's bring back some memories. Dan's just hanging out the side of the window. All right. Hey, give me a kiss, Jordan. Right, L1. <laughs> My boy, stay tapping L1 at all the wrong times. <laughs> so when did you uh, when did you first get into music? Man, I'll say it was around 2006 when I first like fell in love with music because mm-hmm. that cartoon, Class of 3000, mm-hmm. and it was like a it was. Andre 3000 as a cartoon, like substituting these kids' mm-hmm. music class. And since then... What channel was that on? Cartoon Network. Okay. And then I really got into it, like, when I was 14. Started, like, I was chill. My Duan, he the one that heard everything, bro. Yeah? He heard every little snippet. But high school, freshman year... And then seriously, I really like got, took it serious, maybe around my senior year. And I was like slacking in school, mm-hmm. all the extras, on some freedom writers. <laughs> my teacher had to get on me. She was like, "I know you're better than this." <laughs> you, grew <laughs> in, you grew up in you grew up here in Marno Valley. Yeah, since I was 
2006 mm-hmm. when we moved out here, 2006, late 2005. Yeah, right on. So what was like some of your first songs like, like earliest, mm. earliest recordings, earliest writings? Man, <laughs> I was just playing that for my boy. <laughs> it was this song called <laughs> Eat That Chicken. Get that chicken. All right. Me and my homie Mike, we was rapping on that. But that was just us playing around. Mm-hmm. And then I think like my first real songs was this song called Street Lights. I wrote that mug mm-hmm. in my science class. And that's around the time I really started getting it. Mm-hmm. Outside of uh, outside of Andre 3000, who else like kind of inspired you, like your sound and everything? Mm, I'll say Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. The um, just the instruments and all the like vocal arrangement. That's where like how I learned how to stack my vocals and harmonize. So that and then it's like a lot of TV shows. I never really listened to music like that because mm-hmm. my parents didn't mess with like secular music or they don't. So I never really had a exposure to outside music mm-hmm. other than what I heard on TV. Okay. Or in movies and stuff like that. Dang, okay. Dude is really playing mute. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> no gunshot. <laughs> no. That's crazy. Alright, I'm gonna pause this boy. Oh, you're good. So I can engage. You good, you good, you good. <laughs> it was good to get a little Alright. A little PlayStation <laughs> 2 in. I'm gonna broke a sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So uh, picking it back up from where we left off, you said in high school you took it seriously, right? Mm-hmm. What were some of those, um, I guess, like some of those early songs, like just like sounding wise? And- uh, I was like, I was jumping around from like artists that I listened to. I was big on like Isaiah Rashad, mm-hmm. people like that. But I don't know, I kind of developed my own sound. I was really trying to really be Andre 3000 for yeah. like, the longest time. Yeah. So <laughs> I was never really you know, stepping outside of the music I already knew. Mm-hmm. So I think further, like I really haven't started listening to Kendrick. Like that's probably a big influence, but I haven't listened to him till like my senior year. Okay. And I was like, it's like I'll get on an artist then dig deep mm-hmm. and then it just goes on and on. So I feel like that's why it's always something different because I'm always pulling from this and that mm-hmm. until I finally found my own. And now it's like I know how to respect my own crap right. without copying, right? But right, taking right. what I like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, because that's the biggest thing. Even with like podcasts, is like you can, you can kind of like draw inspiration from people, but you can't try and sound like them because yeah. it is gonna sound like choppy. You know, it's not it's not gonna sound like you, and then you're kind of forcing yourself to sound yeah. like someone else. That man said, "Welcome to Big Boy." Yeah, <laughs> welcome to Big Boy. <laughs> this Big Boy. Nah, yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, I know you're really like into J. Cole and stuff like when did that when you first get your interest in J. Cole and Dreamville and the rest of the artists there alright <laughs> so <laughs> the thing with this is like I'm big on like signs mm-hmm. so I see things connect two and two but it was when I went to college for like one semester I was there for a semester and I was like stressing about damn I'm not trying to be here I'm trying to do this music in my mind, I was ready to be the next superstar. But now looking back, I already know that was not the case. But I was praying, I was asking for a sign about like where I'm taking this and what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. Cause you know, I don't got no type of promotion backing me, this and that. So it was kind of just like 
making music. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing started like when I asked for a sign. Some days later, I had a dream about like forgot exactly what happened. It was one of those things where you fall asleep, mm-hmm. you see the dream, but you forget it as soon as you wake up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew it was like somebody related in Dreamville, and then from that point on, I kept having like dreams about people in Dreamville, mm-hmm. and then. It kind of just became my thing. It kind of put me in a position where, like, okay, if I don't know what I'm striving for, at least I can say this is my goal. Mm-hmm. So I kind of used it as the goal of where I'm going instead of because it was never like, a, oh, I'm a Dreamville fanboy. It yeah, just yeah. came to me. So I think it was a matter of just putting that in perspective and, like I said, connecting two and two. I look back and it's like since the beginning of time before I even knew of a J. Cole. People be like, oh, you sound like J. Cole when you rap. And I'm like, I don't sound like J. Cole. <laughs> and I look back and be like, I did not sound like J. Cole. Uh-huh. But I think that was a sign that, you know, this might just be the route. And even if it's not, I feel like put me in a position where I'm striving for something. Mm-hmm. So that's where that began. It was 2017. Okay. Um, the brink of when I started taking the series. Yeah. You mentioned college. Was that like kind of like what you wanted to do right after high school? Or was that like some outside pressure that kind of influenced you to go to college? Mm, I would say it was just inner ideas of expectations, but mm-hmm. I don't think anybody really had expectations of me doing anything specific. Mm-hmm. But I think my just the fact my whole family went to college, mm-hmm. and I was just that outsider, like, oh, this dude really just dropped out of school. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was just more so pressure of trying not to break the norm. But I think probably was the best decision, even though I did enjoy it, but when I was there, I wasn't really there. I was oversleeping. Yeah. I went to class maybe four or five times. Dang. And I'm still paying loans somehow. I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but. That's crazy. Whatchamacallit. It was just a matter of, like, really being real with myself. And I'm like, either I'm going to take this chance and mm-hmm. pursue, or I'm going to sit here doing something I don't even want to do. Yeah. It's like, I changed my major, major two times in one semester. <laughs> Dang. So I was like, I'm not trying to be here, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, was it UCR or was it somewhere else? No, it was Grand Canyon University okay. in Arizona. So okay. I was out there for a minute. And it was actually like kind of depressing, bro. Not being away. Like, I enjoyed it there. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of, dang, I really just graduated. Dang, I'm really getting older. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a reality check of, okay, either I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> so looking back on it, would you say you glad you like took that initiative to drop out early or were you like I know you know sometimes mm-hmm. you kind of mull over things like that and decisions like that big yeah. um, were you were you sad I guess were you satisfied overall what you decided to do mm, I mean looking back I feel like I could have been a little more mature about how I did things because mm-hmm. I don't know I, I, I just feel if a guy has a plan for you it's gonna work out regardless of where you are so I don't think that validated anything, but I think it was a matter of an independent step for me to really just feel like I made this decision and Mm not I'm being conformed to what, like I said, expectations are. Mm -hmm. But repeat your question real quick. My bad. I forgot. Just like looking back on it, would you make the same decision again or would you maybe do it sooner? Maybe would you do it later? Try and stick it out? I probably never would have went if I Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was. Yeah. I probably just never would have went to college. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it was very necessary. Like it was I enjoyed college. 
But like I said, I wasn't going to class or nothing, so I was yeah. just... You just like being out yeah. away from home. Yeah, it was home. cool. Yeah. Free food. Free food. <laughs> free, yeah. That's probably what I'm picking Not for you. Right <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. That was one thing I noticed too while I was in college is like there's a lot of people I just feel like they go because... Like you said, it's not so much your parents say you have to go, but it's like kind of like assumed that you have to go. And, and me being first generation, like I was one of those kids where I didn't really know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I had sports to kind of like guide me through and motivate me to continue to go to college. And then I found the radio thing and like the whole journalizing mm-hmm. aspect of things. But I mean, I know, I know kids who are still in college that were freshmen when I got there. Uh, I went to Sacramento State mm-hmm. that were freshmen in 2015 that are still there now. Switched their major four or five times not knowing what they're gonna do and you know they're wasting a bunch of money at this at the same time but i just i think it's kind of like a bigger problem with society that we yeah. like push college so much but that's not necessarily like i feel like anyway you're 18 first of all like chances are you're not the maturest mm-hmm. you don't know exactly what you want to do for the rest of your life exactly. and then if you go away from home for the first time like you're gonna make a lot of stupid decisions mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying right. so it's just it's, it's kind of weird how society we're gonna keep pushing that on kids at such a young age yeah. i just don't know when it's gonna like that that's gonna shift you know i'm not saying college mm-hmm. isn't good but it's it's good when you're ready for it yeah exactly and it's just a matter of like knowing what you're trying to do because so many people i seen this post they was talking about like it's crazy how you need um a college degree to work for somebody's business but you don't need that to start your own mm-hmm. so that's even like stop limiting yourself to right. working for somebody else mm-hmm. and I think it's just the fear that people have of <clears throat> how am I going to do this and that's what like me leaving I was like I don't care how I'm going to do it I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to get there my way and it's like I know the things that I've seen I know the things that I've experienced where I'm like can't nobody tell me this ain't the path I'm supposed to be on yeah <laughs> so how did your family and like your parents and just people at your household that supported you mm-hmm. react to and respond to you leaving college I mean it was like pretty much they didn't like they're not pressuring nothing so that was just pretty much like if you're gonna do this do it for real mm-hmm. and like do it representing something so I don't know if you've seen the documentary but my dad when I came home cause I was like using the n-word this and that my dad don't mess with that that's not how he raised me mm-hmm. So when I came home, I showed him some of my music, and he was just kind of disappointed. Like, why are you talking like this? I didn't raise you like that. Mm-hmm. So when I came here, it was more so like, okay, if you're going to do it, even that, it's like you're not pressuring it on me, but if you're going to be in my house doing it, you're going to do it how I want you. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of just even took my artistry to another level because it's like I found ways to speak without like conforming to how everybody's talking. Yeah. It's like you learn how to say things without sounding corny. You learn how to do this and that. Yeah. And it's just baby steps of, you know, just understanding where you're at. And I think it's a matter of living with decisions because if you're not being forced, at least you have people making the best of what you made the decision about. Mm. So that's really what it is. Like when I came home, it was just, all right, do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And now, like, and now at this point, everybody's like, "All right, this is what Jordan's going to do." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you look like you bought in and everything, right? Yeah. 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 And even myself, I was kind of skeptical. Like, dang, is this really what I don't? Um, is this really what I want to do? Mm-hmm. But over time, it's yeah. like it never gets old to me. Never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after leaving college, what was like that first big step that you took that kind of put you into the path that you are in now? Mm, 
I mean, I feel like, to be honest, not much change except for the growth as an artist. Mm-hmm. I think my mind always been in a place where I just knew to separate myself in a way that's going to stand out. So that comes in like simple as work ethic and what you do. Mm-hmm. If you go like the book I did, that's just a matter of, okay, I did an album, but how many people just made an album? <laughs> yeah. So now I make a book with an album. How many people did that? Okay, three or four. Yeah. All right, now what else can I do to be the only one that did that? Mm-hmm. So I think I just took on that mindset of setting myself apart. And again, I forgot your question. Are we going on a tangent? <laughs> Was there any like moment where you had to like kind of take a big gamble, a big risk? Because you said that you even after you leaving college, you were mm-hmm. so unsure. When did you take that risk and it kind of maybe like clicked for you mm-hmm. or if it wasn't one moment, like a series of moments, I right. guess? I mean, I think... I mean, I was fortunate enough to have somewhere to come back to. Mm-hmm. So that's already a bonus because so many people get kicked out when yeah. they're a certain age and this and that. So I don't even think it's a matter of like a gamble. It's just a matter of, okay, just do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And your time going to come when it comes. Of course, I'm not going to get content where I'm at. But if I see times just passing, I'm just going to sit here and be playing San Andreas (laughs) making beats yeah (laughs) but you know I'm just in a position where I'm blessed and that even itself puts me in a position where I can say hey I'm in a disposition I'm just gonna make the best of it whatever it may be Mm -hmm. so I think it's just a matter of really just being okay Mm -hmm. and I think aside from music just mentally always stable (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I feel like a gamble is a perspective because what you what somebody else might see as a gamble is not a gamble to this person right it could be the norm mm-hmm. so I think just being comfortable with being not normal yeah okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying being uncomfortable yeah. you know makes sense outside of your pops you mentioned that you got his work your work ethic from him are there mm-hmm. any other sources that you drove role models that were a big a uh, big part of your life mm. I mean for the most part Michael Jordan, feel me? Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I think Legend. my like main drive came from like sports and basketball. Derrick Rose was one of the main people I used to be trying to be like our little point guards, Isaiah Thomas, yeah. people like that. Just I don't know, me trying to be the best on the basketball court kind of just spilled over into mm-hmm. music, but with perspective. Because I think in basketball, I was more so in a position where it don't matter how hard you work in. At the end of the day, if equal opportunity is not presented Mm -hmm. so I feel like with music it was like I don't need to wait on anybody I don't need to wait for validation for how hard you work this and that and I know even that like if that's what God planned for you Mm -hmm. that's what's gonna happen in your life and I think even that connects to this but yeah I think just looking at the sport work ethic is really like treat everything you do like a sport Mm -hmm. And just exercise that muscle, <laughs> and you're gonna be a strong muscle. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's different though, because like coming from playing football most of my life, when you want to do something individually, <laughs> when, when you want to do something individually, like making a music or running a business, whatever it is, you're doing it solo, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I wish I got to play more solo sports growing up, because I know how to work with a team. I know mm-hmm. how to 
you know, do what's best for the team, think team-minded, and kind of do what's the better for the better of others. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't normally know what to do what's best for myself. Exactly. Or take gambles for myself or kind of, like, check in with myself and mm-hmm. understand, like, I have to do this, this, and this. But for myself, not for the team, like a bigger picture kind right. of thing. Do you feel like, did you have any kind of struggle with that as well from basketball to music? Mm. Mm. I mean, basketball is just a big like lesson to be honest it was like years of putting in work putting in work setting yourself apart like you said just taking the gamble of maybe I can be Michael Jordan (laughs) and it was just like a disappointment when you find out like you said you gotta depend on somebody else Mm -hmm. at the end of the day right you gotta depend on them to provide your jersey (laughs) you gotta depend on them to do all this Mm -hmm. but your control of what you do is going to be the main important factor and I think the only again the only gamble is not putting in the work mm-hmm. that's the real gamble of, yeah you know not taking that chance on yourself and that's the real gamble in life like mm-hmm. people think taking the chance is the gamble but really it's not taking the chance because you're going to be just like everybody else that's true and ask yourself what's really success and what's not mm-hmm. but of course being the greatest in music is not a success Right. If your mind ain't right. <laughs> but I don't know, man. It's just a lot of circles I can run in saying the same thing. No, you know yeah. I feel you. <laughs> but I feel you. it's just a matter of, I don't know, bro, the present moment and being okay with where you're at and just, like I said, making the best of it. Mm-hmm. So, what was that first project like when you started taking music more seriously? And how did it <clears throat> differ from some of the earlier songs? Uh, I would say. The first project I did was actually when I was in my senior year. It was a little EP called Twig. Mm-hmm. Stands for the wiser I get. And that was just about just the song on there called Outcast. Kind of just being disconnected from, I don't know. That, I wouldn't even consider that my first project. Mm-hmm. I f- feel like my first mixtape was in college. And that was like me really embodying who I was. Mm-hmm. Because when I left home, I missed home. <laughs> so it was like, you didn't really appreciate that mess till it was gone. Because mm-hmm. growing up, it's like everybody was like, yo, I wish I was from L.A. Yeah. You know, just trying to be hard, that kid from the, or you want to be from the streets or whatever it was. Yeah. But I feel like when I left, I just kind of got rid of that corny mindset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, bro, be who you are and represent what you represent, whether that be the church whether I be a gang you know I'm not saying embrace negativity yeah, yeah. but I'm saying embrace where you're from and stop perpetrating something else mm-hmm. so I think that project really was just a matter of okay who is Jordan let me represent where I'm from it's mm-hmm. called 951 yeah and that's the area code out here yeah but <laughs> yeah I think it just brought me back to a place where I can be like okay this is who I am and it's kind of like just me showcasing okay this kid can rap mm-hmm. <laughs> did you always go out under the name Jody Joe or did you play around with that for a little bit uh that was my family nickname I switched it I actually switched my it went from Lyles everybody in high school called me Jay Lyles mm-hmm. Jay Lyles Jay Lyles but um <laughs> I feel like I was in a place where like I said kind of rebuilding my image of myself and I felt like to connect with something more personal and like family nickname 
mm-hmm. is Jody Joe. So I was like, all right, this is my family. Nobody calls me this outside of these people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I blow up, I want the whole world calling me by something I want to be called. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Makes sense. So yeah, that was just internal little decision making. It was nothing major. Just felt like a fresh start. Mm-hmm. So from those early projects to some of your more recent stuff, how was like your marketing and strategies of getting people to listen to your music changed mm-hmm. from the early days? Mm, I feel like, to be honest, not much changed. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But I think, like I said, just on the spiritual aspect, things just be coming to me. Things happen. And yeah. it's like, a lot of times I'll be like, bro, God is my producer. God is my writer. God is my promoter. You know, my name, if it's in this room, Mm -hmm. you don't need a thousand people to hear you for Mm -hmm. one person that can change your life, to change your life. And it's like, I know based on what, like I said, what I've seen, what I know, what I've experienced, I don't put too much energy in trying to be anything or trying to promote this or trying to do that. Not saying you don't need to. Right. But based on my own experience, not every artist is going to say the same thing, Mm -hmm. but I don't put too much energy in it because I need to put my energy into the art. Yeah. It's like, it's going to speak for itself. Like, simple as, I mean, nothing came from it, but I ran into this dude at my job and I just tell people like, yo, take this receipt, this is my name, type that in on your music. Yeah. (laughs) But I met this dude, he was like, he came back another day, he was like, oh, um, give me your email, I know such and such and such over here, I want to send this to them, this and that. And, you know, it's like you never know who you're going to talk to. Yeah. And I think just word of mouth is really going to be that personal connection. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really my main focus is to build personal connections. Like everybody in here kind of in a sense feels mm-hmm. personally connected. Right. Like, I don't know, more genuine people that support you is going to be way better than fans that pick you up and put you down. Yeah. So I think my genuine approach to who I am is really going to be my main importance to me. Yeah. And I think when it comes to promotion, I'm sorry. <laughs> God. <laughs> I feel that, yeah. Of course, we understand. Yeah. Not ignorance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. But I think I think it's dope because you're doing it, one, out of, like, the goodness out of your heart because you actually love to mm-hmm. it and it's your passion. But also, too, I know even with this, like, I get caught up with the numbers sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And if I see numbers go down from what it was a few months ago, then I'm, like, kind of stressed and I'm just like, oh, I got to push this more. And And at the end of the day, like, like you said it best, man, it, it does, it, all it takes is one person, right? If you mm-hmm. could affect one person's life. And I even think like J. Cole, I forgot what song it is, but he talks about it in one of those songs. I think it's High for Hours, mm-hmm. where he talks about like his homie who raps and he wants to make it big. And oh, that, um, I know you're talking about. Yeah. That man has to be hitting, bro. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he talks about like, you know, you don't have to make it big to change someone's life. And if mm-hmm. you change one, two people's life, that's a win, right? Because mm-hmm. you you expect you affecting somebody outside of yourself, right. outside of your family, outside of your circle, and that person could be in another country, even mm-hmm. going through something completely different. But you you relate to them. Right. And I think that's the power of like art, whether it's music, podcasts, anything. Exactly. You can kind of like touch people from globally with social media and internet now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like a matter of because you know, if you were to say that in a room with a certain energy, they'll say. Well, that ain't making you no money. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, ask yourself, why did you start? Was it because of money or was it because of your true intent? Mm-hmm. So if you remaining true to yourself, you got to be true the whole time. Mm-hmm. You can't change here and say, all right, now it's about the money. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying there's not a business aspect, but if that becomes first priority, you sold yourself out. 
And yeah. that's what I like. I tell people like, selling your soul is not always right. Getting poked. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Selling your soul is you can sell your soul at your job. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. You can sell your soul anywhere you go if you disregarding your morals for something else. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you sell your when you hear sell your soul, you think double horns, yeah, and Illuminati. But it's simple as you sold out for mm-hmm. a temporary satisfaction, mm-hmm. and that's that. Yeah, and I don't know how much like old school you listen to, but I feel like that's the biggest difference in like mm-hmm. a lot of the pre like '90s stuff to mm-hmm. 2000s and on is like a lot of people like Jay Z and Kanye and mm-hmm. even Eminem and like all those dudes. They they really became like super rich, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people saw that the money that was getting poured into hip hop, mm-hmm. and it became like not so much. I mean, like if you look at the earliest route to hip hop from Africa and Bambada and Curtis Blow and all them, you know they were just doing it for fun to mm-hmm. control a crowd, block parties, that kind of thing. And somewhere along the line, it became so commercialized till we mm-hmm. have, you know, these one hit wonders and people trying to find the next, you know, the next wave right. and. Mm-hmm you know the next superstar but the superstar may only last a year or two and if they mm-hmm. can make a few racks off of that and then do a, a spin-off clothing brand and, and make exactly. some substantial <laughs> money afterwards you know they right. they'll run it but they're not doing it for the love so much and that's why they are concerned about money mm-hmm. i mean it is a capitalistic society i get it you need money to live but it shouldn't mm-hmm. be your main driving factor exactly and just to capitalize on that it's like going back to like i said just to bring it back into the realm of like seeing what's going on it's like even with this virus mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to say something prophetic bro <laughs> <laughs> right. we're gonna look at this and we're gonna like damn but anyways <laughs> I look around yeah, and I'm like even with this whole virus going on I feel like minds are really starting to be sobered in terms of mm-hmm. what really matters Yeah, it might be temporary but I feel like it's opening a door for new to come in yeah and I look back at like the music I make and I said I even said to myself like the music I'm making this is not finna blow up yeah <laughs> and that's just simple as the fact because it's not what's being pushed right in the mainstream, in the mainstream exactly. right. so I feel like right now it's like all that talk about the same old topic yeah eventually is gonna have to fall off somewhere right ask yourself how many new rappers just came out and you still see them consistently being pushed right now. Right. And it's like, it's slowly dying down. You still see them here and there, mm-hmm. slowly dying down. Mm-hmm. But I can guarantee you, when things go back to normal, I feel like nothing really is changing other than things are being shown. But when mm-hmm. things go back to normal, I believe that there's going to be a whole new spectrum of, like, rebranding hip-hop again. Yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah. it's really about to be, like, real talent being pushed on the forefront. Yeah. And I do believe your boy is going to be up there. That's what's up, man. <laughs> and that's prophetic. That's what's up. <laughs> but no, nah, bro, I appreciate this. And I'm not ending it. But I, I'm enjoying this talk. But I'm just saying that. No, oh, yeah. I'm thankful to be able to say that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like because even even um, me being like a big sports fan, mm-hmm. not having sports, I feel like I was having these conversations as a 20, 19-year-old. And I felt like I was never in the right friend group that also likes sports to talk about stuff like this, whether mm-hmm. it's the government, corruption, wherever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, I have friends coming to me that, like, I kind of, not say, like, fell off or whatever, but I just didn't, I, I didn't remain close with them from high school or even college. 
and community college and that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. now they're kind of having those conversations with me about like, yo, this is fucked up. Like, why are we doing this? And and because sports stopped, isn't that mm-hmm. incredible? Like, because sports stopped <laughs> for such a long period of time, right. everyone was forced to wake up to whatever, whatever it may be, Black Lives Matter, coronavirus, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. All these different movements and different things, people are awakening. And, and that's not just for hip hop. I just mm-hmm. feel like it's period. in general, period. Like, people... Like you said, it may be temporary, and I think that's why it's gonna drag out for mm-hmm. you know one and a half, two years even. Exactly. And and people are gonna hate it, but at a certain point, it's kind of like, all right, well, is what I was doing and what I was worried about so important compared to the stuff that I really want? You know, because mm-hmm. you know, I I don't know. I'm not saying like partying and you know going out is bad, right? Exactly. That's not every every now and then. It's good to let loose and stuff. But I think there are certain people that got caught up in that mm-hmm. and they lost sight of everything else. So they got caught up in something different, whether it's sport, exactly. sports too, you know what I mean? There's diehard, whatever sports team fans that mm-hmm. are all about their sports every day and don't pay attention to anything that's going on right. at a local level, but also at the national level and different things going on too. So I just feel like it's, a, like you said, a big awakening for mm-hmm. this entire nation, hopefully the entire world. Right. Yeah, it's just, it got to happen because the truth is always going to, prevail bro and it don't matter if it take 50 years or 100 it's <laughs> gonna come yeah and I think I don't know man it's a lot of just symbolic stuff going on mm-hmm. even the fact that you know it's corny but it's like the fact this year 2020 like vision, yeah 2020 get, know, your, yeah. get your vision straight yeah <laughs> and it's crazy like because of those sports <laughs> and all kinds of stuff this year there was something I was reading that it was like basically after the Black Plague in Europe, mm-hmm. you know, there was the Dark Ages after people were recovering, but in uh, right after that was the Renaissance, right? Like mm-hmm. one of the most creative times for artists. People were doing all kinds of crazy shit, and it was like a rebirth, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. hopefully there's something like that here in this country, here in this world, and, mm-hmm. and you know, because I feel like now people are just waking up to like we're kind of killing the earth and everything. Exactly. Not to be all, like, eco, you know, friendly, but you know what I'm saying? It, it's kind of crazy. Like, so hopefully we come out better from this, whether it's 1, right. 10, 15 years, don't matter. I just hope we come out better. Heck yeah, man. It's crazy to say that. It's so crazy how humans, bro. I just be like, y'all really out here. <laughs> we really on this earth. Just yeah. messing it up. Yeah. But as soon as the virus started, I was just like, it's crazy how quick, like, all that pollution and stuff left. Yeah. You can see LA. We literally can shut down for a week Mm -hmm. and be like, you know, do that every now and then. But people are so money hungry. Mm -hmm. They're not willing to step back. They got to have it all, you know? It's crazy, bro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, what was quarantine and the pandemic like for you when it first hit, as far as not just working, but personal life too? And how did that change your everyday schedule? Uh, I think really like emotionally and mentally, I really just found myself like really found myself and mm-hmm. I feel like I've been real content I still deal with like thoughts I've had my bad bro. <laughs> I still deal with thoughts I've had <laughs> and like stuff that used to phase me but now it's like I know how to cope with it and I really like my bad bro unless it's kind of irritating no, you're good. but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I just learned how to um, understand how I think mm-hmm. and I just took time to really expand myself instead of just everyday music 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 although i did make a bunch of music but (laughs) it was with like a different mindset and i think with the quarantine even my job got shut down gave me time to just 
even just sleep. Yeah. <laughs> sleep, bro. Yo. Underrated. Mm-hmm. I'm waking up like. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what eight hours feels like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just real eye opening. I had to. I don't know. For some reason, it's like as much as I hate being at work, it's like not working makes me feel like this kid is wasting. You know, like mm. wasting your time. Like I'm a waste of space. Is how I be feeling. Yeah. And it's like I had to tell myself, like, stop treating yourself like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like you wouldn't tell somebody else that. It's like you can't control your situation. So take what you have, make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what I just learned to really make the best of everything. Mm-hmm. Like I picked up some new instruments learned as much as I can mm-hmm. a lot of different stuff and just expanding myself instead of beating myself up and mm-hmm. I think thinking productively and being productive is equally important mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think to you know just drown yourself with negative thoughts is not going to do nothing mm-hmm. so this quarantine bro I've been on it I've been on my defensive game <laughs> against myself there you go <laughs> <laughs> were you like anyone you knew in your family friends that were affected by it personally that you you know may have uh not too close I don't really know them personally mm-hmm. but some of my mom's friend I think somebody got affected my girlfriend's family member got affected but and my homie got dad got affected but mm-hmm. that was about it only one resulted in passing yeah. yeah but even that is like dang just being grateful for life at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's a matter of, you know, a lot of perspectives change. Somebody I know just passed, that kind of, that's the first time a death actually kind of left a burden on me. Even mm-hmm. then, I didn't know them too well, but I knew them enough to feel something. Right. And I was like, dang, I'm out here complaining about, you know, work. Yeah. <laughs> People wish they had a job, you know what I'm saying? No, yeah. So it's like kind of just sobered up my mind to be grateful and really detach my desires and start living for serving a little bit more Mm -hmm. instead of trying to receive all the time. Yeah. And in opposite fashion, I think, too, you know, we're like both you and I were lucky to to stop working for a while. But there's Mm -hmm. I'm sure people who wanted to stop working, but working at grocery stores Mm -hmm. as nurses in medical field, ambulance, that kind of stuff. And they had to keep working despite all the unknown in the beginning and mm-hmm. it seemed pretty like you know it was heavy like a lot of people were catching it that kind of stuff in the beginning because it was you I know, was out here scared <laughs> yeah a lot of people were scared exactly it was spreading pretty quick mm-hmm. and, and we didn't have a lot of answers right at our fingertips and you know like i just feel bad for them you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like grocery store workers that they don't get paid a whole lot you know what i'm saying that you're doing probably one of the lowest of the low work mm-hmm. and and i think now we're starting to appreciate them more even like i see a lot more appreciation for like migrant workers in the mm-hmm. fields picking fruit and veggies and it's crazy because like those people they didn't even get a choice like mm-hmm. yeah if you're working at some sort of office job or non-essential mm-hmm. okay go home for a little bit and we can reset when this is all better right. it's like nah despite despite what's going on you could die mm-hmm. <laughs> but we got we need you because you need to put food on other people's that's um, crazy. On, on other people's plates you know and that's that's something that was like really eye-opening too mm-hmm. and how like overworked and you know i'm glad we have more appreciation for them at the end yeah. of the day but it's crazy yeah and like you said, just hoping it's a permanent change of mind, you mm-hmm. know, because people, you know, we get immune so quick, like masks, simple as masks. Like, yeah. At first, everybody was complaining. Now it's like the norm. Yeah. It's like a fashion statement. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, everything is going to be adapted to eventually. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's crazy how political the mask got, and even just the whole virus. But mm-hmm. it just it was like one side, hey, you don't have to wear a mask. The other side, no, like wear the mask, and it just something as simple as masks that like scientifically proven that would help slow the spread. Mm-hmm. People didn't want to conform to it because they're like, don't be sheep. But it's like, bro, that's that's not the argument for this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what we're trying to do here. Exactly, bro. Mm-hmm. It's crazy stuff, man. Mm-hmm. This year, <laughs> if you Kobe. could, do, yeah. Oh man. It's crazy. I still remember when I found out the news. I I still thought like that day, like Kobe passing was gonna be the biggest news of the year. Mm-hmm. Oh me. Yeah. I mean, shoot. Okay, it mm-hmm. was. <laughs> Bro, I was like, wow, I can't believe how like I'm, you know, how I'm feeling right now. Because mm-hmm. even that's like I never was just so attached to anything outside of you know my personal endeavors. So I was like, dang, this mess yeah. really kind of hitting me <laughs> yeah and it was crazy for me because i i don't want to say like i never hated kobe but i always didn't like the lakers <laughs> so like in that like in nature i just kind of didn't like kobe while he was playing because mm-hmm. i was always rooting for the team he was going yeah. uh, going up against and um so you know like but i always understood like like looking back on it now and definitely like it gave me some time to reflect on what i think of him and like how amazing apologize 2k10 <laughs> i'm sorry kobe <laughs> nah but it, you know i've always admired him as a person and yeah. starting the mamba mentality mm-hmm. his work ethic the things he would do off the court too to help others especially once he retired mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things where it's just like damn like i, I always hoped like long term when i you know trying to make it in this industry mm-hmm. that i would be able to interview and sit down with kobe one day right and you know he was only what 41 42 at the time and it's mm-hmm. like okay so hopefully in the next 10 15 years i can make that happen and he's being local especially with his mm-hmm. daughter playing and, and you know just you know thing i guess anyone and anything could be taken away from you so quickly mm-hmm. and it, you got to cherish them while you're here for sure and it's crazy to see the impact kobe not just left on los angeles not just the mm-hmm. country but the entire world you know and the world was definitely mourning that was that was probably one of the biggest deaths of my lifetime mm-hmm. That's crazy, bro. Mm-hmm. Man. Death, bro. Mm-hmm. Inevitable. The one thing for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Kobe memory or moment? Mm-hmm. I'll just say them little puppy commercials, bro. Oh, yeah. That was like my childhood, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, I don't know. I was always into entertainment. So. Mm-hmm. And I think Spike Lee would uh, Spike Lee would voice them, right, or something? Be Did part it? of the commercials? I think. Maybe. Mm-hmm. The little days, the little boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he started doing them with LeBron when he be- started yeah. becoming. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, that was my childhood. But yeah, I don't think I didn't really grow up watching basketball, just playing it a little more. Okay, right on, man. So before COVID, like really hit hard in the United States, mm-hmm. you dropped an album, right? Mama can't save you, right? Dang, I forgot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Low key, I'm not even lying. <laughs> <laughs> but how mu- how much? Uh, I guess time and effort that and and your overall body of work was spent on that project mm-hmm. I'm trying to think when did I start that it was like a five month span some song like two songs were already created but I think it was just a matter of time when I was like oh I'm about to do a project kind of just came to me automatically but I was going through my dad wallet and I was looking at like the pictures in there and one was of my mom and it kind of just inspired the whole topic of mama can't save you Mm -hmm. because just looking back i was like dang my mom was really a little girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) she was a little teenager 
And it's like you look at your parents and like it kind of made me think about her life. And I know she's been like saved and living by God mm-hmm. all her life, really. Mm-hmm. And it's like I looked at myself and like, okay, just because somebody else has a relationship with God, that doesn't mean that's your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And it's like a lot of people think just because somebody praying for them, they, gonna, they can just walk in ignorance and do what they want to do. And that's kind of just sparked that whole thought of, dang, your mama can't say. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that. And then five months later, I dropped it February. And that was probably the, at this point, I mean, I'm working on some new stuff. So yeah. now it's like, that's old news. Yeah. But that, at the time, I was like, dang, mm-hmm. this is my peak. <laughs> that's how I felt. Is this my peak? Yeah. <laughs> And and then what inspired you to write the book that went along with the album too? Because you don't like you said mm-hmm. earlier, you don't really hear about people doing mm-hmm. that too much. Uh, I think it's just a matter of one something physical that you could really appreciate, mm-hmm. and it's like I think what I'm talking about a lot of times is I wouldn't even say it's not deep. It's just a matter of like, are you actually listening? And mm-hmm. I know like the little slick things that I do here and there that I want to explain. So. It was kind of like a rap genius. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then kind of just putting my story out there and my childhood and just my, introducing myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's something dope to have. Like, yo, I got this kid's book from when he was. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just a matter of like, I don't know. I think I got caught up in a sense. I don't like to try to serve my ego a lot, but mm-hmm. I think when you're young, I just like embracing like oh he's only 20 years old yeah (laughs) you know what i'm saying he's only 18. but i think i don't know just trying to expand myself as much while i'm in my youth just to say like oh he was already doing this he doing like grown man stuff yeah you know what i'm saying yeah but also just like setting yourself apart and he said nobody else is really doing that Mm -hmm. and it's not a matter of like bragging rights like nobody's doing this i'm not putting myself above nobody but i can say Oh, if you don't like listening to music, well, here, read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like no excuse not to get the message. Right. But, yeah. Right on. <laughs> Have you always been this mature? Because I feel like the way you carry yourself is just superior to a lot of people our age group, you know? Uh, I mean, in a sense, I was like... We're chilling? Mm-hmm. All right. Did you... Are we... Re- it's still recording. Okay, cool. So, the question I had asked, have you always been this mature? And... Yeah, just how did you get this mature? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just like I said, my background and my teaching, I just kind of, and being the youngest, so it's like you see everybody mm. making the mistakes, mm. and it's like, it's no point in making the same mistakes. Yeah. Not that there were major mistakes, just simple as what not to do mm. to mama and daddy, you feel me? Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I mean, it's funny, because me and my dad always joke, like I used to, when I was little, I'll be like, I'm from the 70s, this and that. And I'll just always tell them, like, I'm not from this generation. Yeah. And I feel like even that, like I said, little signs of, you know, yeah. just mentality. And I think that just plays in. I feel like I do have an old soul. Yeah. Just simple, like, simple pleasures, mm-hmm. like walking to the mailbox is something I like to do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. And it's like small stuff that makes me satisfied. Yeah. But I think it's just... Like, my parents had me older in age. That mm-hmm. plays a part in the mind state they were in is the mind state I was born in. So, mm-hmm. I think just 
really genes and family mm -hmm. and teaching is really what made my perspective of life mm -hmm. my perspective but at the same time learning on my own and you know going through my own experiences because of course you can talk wise all day until you really resonate yeah. with what you're saying it's really not nothing but words right can you it's like walk like, the walk exactly you know? and I feel like at this point I know like I'm far from peak mindset mentality mm -hmm. but I do know like I have something to offer in terms of some wisdom mm -hmm. <laughs> and just simple as I don't know like I said this things that make me happy I've always felt like mm -hmm. I'm a simple guy I'm like oh man yeah, <laughs> <At Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. that's why you know I think I was like drawn to music because you said it earlier outcast mm -hmm. feeling sometimes like an outcast because you may be an old soul and you're not fitting in with like what's popular right mm -hmm. now or what's in the mainstream not just your music but as a person too mm -hmm. did you ever like struggle with that I guess growing up through school high school even before like were you kind of not say a loner but like mm -hmm. just more by yourself sometimes no I feel like it's the opposite but I do think like mentally wise I kind of would like feel alone in terms of you know when you're by yourself yeah you feel the aloneness like oh snap uh, you know, I don't yeah. got too many friends that I can say, oh, this is really my friend. Yeah. But it was a matter of, like, I don't know. I think I was a pretty popular kid. Mm -hmm. I was just the jokester, really. Mm -hmm. But I feel like over time, being seen as this joking person, people mistake that with immaturity. Mm. So I felt like over a span of time, I had to find the balance of jokester and wisdom and... Mm -hmm you know, balancing my personality out mm -hmm. and not, you know, just the fact like you guys are here, I'm showing a little bit more of a goofy side. Yeah. And it's like, you can see it, but like, say it's just a stranger. Like you think I'm the most serious person ever, but <laughs> my boy Dewan knows I'm laugh box 24 yeah. seven <laughs> and joke box. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, no, I don't think I ever, felt like emotional traumas and loneliness just like I said reality checks mm -hmm. now you mentioned earlier you're already on to the next project the next thing but if you could take a second to reflect what's kind of one of the moments that you're most proud of in your music career mm -hmm. let me think I would say probably working on this project it was releasing that last project but <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> but no with this one I was like I don't know I really wanted to hone my skills cause I'm big on like ownership and yeah. owning everything I do to an extent I'm selfish like I don't be wanting too many names mm. on my project <laughs> yeah and it's like I think that's just my ambitious drive to do as much as I can by myself mm -hmm. to make myself accessible to just walk in the door and say I don't need it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because so many people do things because they need it. Right. So I think really taking the initiative, like I said, even during quarantine, it mm -hmm. was like, let me do something else. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just finding that like, oh, I really can just do all this by myself mm -hmm. was really my like, yes, finally. Yeah. And it's not more, it's not like a thing where I'm saying, like I said, it's not an ego thing. It's just, this is possible. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's right here. <laughs> this sound like 
stuff that gets sampled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like to make music like that, to say, dang, I made that after I just took a nap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just look at it like that. Like, I'm in this my little room making what I love to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't need to call nobody. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. But right. if I want to, I can't. So I think just finding like that real independence. Mm-hmm. And even that went into my mindset. Like everything. Just do it as much as you can. Then ask for help. Yeah. <laughs> if you need it. Right. So was that always the case from the beginning? Producing, engineering, and writing your own stuff? Uh, I feel like, I feel like if I was to... I'm going to answer your question, but I feel like if I was to say blow up, I feel like that would be the meme of who I am. <laughs> like yeah. the meme, mix master. <laughs> but I think, no, I, it was just a matter of that's what I had to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't really afford a studio. I couldn't afford to record. Mm-hmm. Couldn't afford to do this. So I had to do it. And it's like, it sounded horrible at first. I even was listening to some old tracks today sound crazy but (laughs) it's like the time you put in is really what's gonna get you Mm -hmm. it's like looking at my old music it's like yo I can't believe that I'm here and I was that Mm -hmm. but yeah man it's just like I had to do it Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like a it wasn't like I said it's not an ego thing it's just this is the cards I was dealt and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to learn or I just can't do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so going from that to also the videos that you've produced and directed and that kind of thing. And one thing I was a big fan of was the Church Sunday Stripper Monday one. Mm-hmm. How do you get those ideas and the visions to make something like that? Mm-hmm. That's not your typical music video, especially in today's mm-hmm. day in the music industry, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, first and foremost, shout out to my boy, David Delmore. That man, kill on camera, Cheyenne. Kid in the camera, <laughs> but um, <laughs> nah, it's just a matter of like bringing your vision to life, and again, in a way that's different. I'm big on visual, and I like seeing things that are appealing to the eye, and I just like films, so I don't know. I just like to treat everything like a movie, treat mm-hmm. every song like an individual project. Like, you, if you go back and see, like, I treat it. Not every song, but like three main songs is like my babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I build those as its own brand, mm-hmm. and I think it's just a matter of like making something special. Cause I'm thinking way down the line. I'm mm-hmm. thinking like I'm gonna show this to my kids. <laughs> yeah. Let me make it in a way one that's not too graphic, mm-hmm. and then two that is timeless, mm-hmm. and then three that is complementing the music. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a matter of. Being realistic, like being as literal as possible mm-hmm. is really gonna make something, you know, r- relatable. Like if you look at, I know I keep bringing up memes, but <laughs> it's like they be posting memes that you be like, dang, y'all do that too? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like just <laughs> making stuff like that, like, oh snap, you think like that too? Yeah. And I think that's this type of stuff that is like timeless because that's yeah. the recycling mindset. And you be thinking we're the only ones that think this way, but everybody be doing a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> thinking they're different. Mm-hmm. That's why even with, like you said, just doing it how I'm doing it, it's like I'm not putting myself on a pedestal because anybody in this room can do it. Mm-hmm. You have ideas, just write it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can. You might not be able to edit. You might not be able to do this. You might not have a camera, mm-hmm. but there's somebody else that does. You have a brain. Mm-hmm. You think. 
you can be creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, if you have a brain, you can be creative. Yeah. It's like, you can look at anything in this room, and I feel like, I know this is a little off topic, but I'll bring it back. But it's like, I was talking to my brother about, like, people on drugs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they, I feel like drugs just make you numb to awareness of, mm-hmm. you know, nervousness and this and that. It's yeah. like, in a sense, people just be speaking their minds. Like, yeah. if you talk to somebody on drugs, it's like, they They're just, free. They, just right? they might be saying some stuff that don't make no sense. But I'm like, in reality, I be saying stuff in my brain that don't make no sense <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like random stuff. Like, mm-hmm. look at that string and I'm thinking about something random. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just, I'm going everywhere. But <laughs> my point is, like, yeah. creativity is limitless. Yeah. You can really make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think that's why I learned. And when you get a li- when you take somebody that is always making something out of nothing, and give them something, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he could really create something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's challenging though. At least from my viewpoint, is I work with kids, middle school and high school, and I feel like definitely with school systems cutting back on art programs, whatever the form of art may be, is I do see a lack of kids being able to think for themselves. Mm-hmm. Not even so much in the creative form. They just they always need to be told to do something a certain way and it's like yo like that's that's not what I at least what I think like working with kids that shouldn't be what education's about you know they should be able to allow to think for themselves think creatively mm-hmm. outside the box and be praised for it not trying to conform exactly. to this one thing that ultimately you know I think the education system at least public school system is like meant to put you know those factory workers that work nine mm-hmm. to five on a factory line that kind of thing and you know, go about their day, Monday, 9 to 5, that type of thing, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just a trip, you know. I think there definitely needs to be more create creative outlets at schools mm-hmm. and throughout your school programs or whatever it may be to just help these kids think for themselves. Because when you get to an adult, these kids may have ideas, but they not know necessarily how to execute on them mm-hmm. because they were so limited growing up. Exactly, and it's like, even you teach, speaking to kids, again, I mean, bro, but <laughs> I'll be on the meme. Meme king, huh? <laughs> I'll be getting sucked in, bro. But speaking of like kids, it's just like we all think different. And mm-hmm. it's like I seen this thing that was like showing their kids paper from school and they mm-hmm. was talking about five words you can spell. Mm-hmm. And then the kid put five words <laughs> you can spell. Oh, shit. And I'm like, that's a genius. Yeah, that <laughs> is. No, it is. And then at the same time, somebody else can be like, that's dumb. Yeah, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying. That's it's all about just a jokester, you know. Exactly. Yeah, but I don't know. That was a little random, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying, like the mind, bro. <laughs> no, I think that was the cool thing about at least like senior year. Mm-hmm. Chances are, like in your yearbook, they let you pick a quote, mm-hmm. and you get a C. You know, some people see like at, at least at the time when I read their quote, I was like, that's kind of dumb. You know, like <laughs> why, why would someone put that? But in their head, that that could be like their creative outlet mm-hmm. spilling, and it may be a different meaning to them, but mm-hmm. like. Yeah, that that just kind of reminded me of that yearbook quotes and everything, <laughs> bro. Even speaking <laughs> random, we was um in Walmart. We was saying like the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. and we was like God out here with the wordplay. <laughs> yeah, the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. They was eating. Yeah, <laughs> they was eating fruit. <laughs> and I was like, it took me twenty one years to figure that out. <laughs> but yeah, bro. <laughs> So, what what are some other goals that you have for the the remainder of this year? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to. I don't want to say too much because some of this is 
top-notch sequel. <laughs> nah, but I'm trying to probably start working on another book. I'm trying to make like that my thing where album book, album mm-hmm. book, and just give like all of myself into the art. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to, with God's help, bro, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get off this job mm-hmm. and find some source of music income that can hold me afloat to mm-hmm. make some different moves. But I don't know, not too much. Just trying to finish this project. Yeah. Get through the year healthy. Mm-hmm. Buy some new white shirts. Yeah. <laughs> walk to the mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, bro? Whew. Damn, you flipped it on me. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Nah, I guess just trying to, this quarantine, I've been trying to come out my shell more mm-hmm. and doing more of that. Uh, I'd be writing a lot too. Mm-hmm. But just poetry, nothing to like rhyme or anything. And, mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of want to. I have like some visions for that, as at least as far as putting a poetry book together. Mm. And I feel like uh, I write a lot when I'm in like a dark place. Mm. So a lot of my stuff is dark, but I'm also trying to find some like, also some like you know not so not so much feel good happy stuff, but like some not so dark stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like I don't want to put a book out that's just all dark stuff either. Right. You know. Yeah. So just trying to find a balance with that and. You know, with the podcast thing, at least, like, I feel like I have a lot more, as this is picking up, I have a lot more ideas mm-hmm. to start other podcasts, but I don't want to be the only person and overworking myself. So trying yeah. to find other people that may have a similar goal, mm-hmm. vision, start things with them so I can manage, it becomes a more manageable load. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I've, I've had some success during this quarantine. That was cool. You know, I've had some coworkers and other people reach out to me, mm-hmm. got a little website sports blog going on too. So just trying to, I guess, build off of that and meet other people that are down to do those things and take it even further right. and also you know ultimately if we're all you know have similar goals in mind we just all are able to achieve them right. and just keep progressing that way you know and, and it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a trip you know like thinking back when i first started this podcast uh it was with a friend from college mm-hmm. and we just wanted to do sports only and then he fell off around this time three years ago uh yeah was it three years ago yeah and so I'm gonna say it was actually today. <laughs> it was actually today now. Come but, on. <laughs> but for like a long time, I didn't record anything afterwards. I there was like three months where there was nothing going into the feed, and uh, you know, like I have a friend that produces, and he'd invite me over, and I was like, hey, like, would you be down to do an interview? And it was around Thanksgiving time, and, and we did one, and then I just started asking different friends, right, mm-hmm. like real local stuff, like, why did you go vegan? Mm-hmm. Why do you like to go to raves? Like that was like the topics of. A whole ass podcast mm-hmm. under a different name and that was like the birth birthing of this you know mm-hmm. and i want to see you know hopefully i could look back in a year and it's even further and it's like yo like but i can look back to this interview and the other interviews i've done recently and it's like yo like where am i gonna go where am i building up to because mm-hmm. like recently i've had on some politicians that mm-hmm. are running for like local governments in santa Ana and orange county mm-hmm. and it's like yo i never thought i'd be doing that you know like mm-hmm. i'm a kid from santa Ana, like I grew up in a house, but I wasn't, mm-hmm. like, rich or anything. I, you know, I fucking was kind of like a jokester, too, you know, mm-hmm. in school, and people didn't really take me seriously. I got bullied. I was, to me, I think I was a nobody, at least growing up. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, like, starting to become something, and I'm just like, shit, this kill's kind of good, you know? Yeah, and just kind of run with that momentum. And you're yeah. good at what you do, bro. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Click on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be a defense, you know? <laughs> nah, but, um, before we wrap things up, I do like to ask these like quick hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could have any s- toppings on the pizza, what would it be? 
Man, I'll take. Don't get me wrong, bro. It's weird. <laughs> I was the weird kid. Okay. Throw me some gummy bears on. Oh, I was, just oh, I was I'm like, like, damn. I'm playing, bro. Maybe some. <laughs> maybe I like pineapple, bro. Like okay. That. I don't like to eat pork, but I do like sausage on my pizza. Mm-hmm. Um. Definitely tomato sauce. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it, bro. Okay. I like sausage and pineapple, really. And some, what's, what do they call it? Olives? Okay. I like olive. Okay. <laughs> Keep it simple. If you could talk to any person in history, dead or alive, multiple people if you want to, uh, who would it be? Hmm. I feel like I'll definitely talk to Pac based on like that song I wrote, mm-hmm. Kitchen Table. Kitchen Table. Uh, talk to Nipsey. Mm-hmm. Um. And Martin Luther King. Yeah. So all the three right there, huh? All the three. The big three. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I'll get some real good insight, bro. Mm-hmm. If you could have any kind of exotic pet, what would it be? Shoo! I be thinking I want a monkey, but it's just like, you working on music, <laughs> and it's a monkey behind you. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Feel like a hoe, he really understand what you're doing. Like, now nah, you gotta be incompetent to be my pet. Yeah. <laughs> but now nah, I'll probably get, I would get a monkey or I'll get a parrot. I like okay, parrots. okay. <laughs> Is that exotic or not? I would consider that exotic. It yeah. talks. Like an exotic parrot. Yeah. I feel that. If you were stranded on an island, but food and water are provided, what are three things you'd like to bring to pass the time? Hmm. <laughs> My bad, my mind. I'm coming with jokes in my head. But uh, I probably take on me. That means that a studio is is one object. <laughs> I mean, you can we can bunch you can bunch it up together, bundle it. I'll take recording software so I can record. Okay. Take the lady, and I'll take. <laughs> I'll take a bike if it's okay, some yeah. terrain. I like to ride my bike. Okay, for sure. <laughs> If you could be a fly on the wall in any moment of history, what oh, would that be? My bad. My uh, bad, right? No, you're you're thinking of a fly on the wall. Go ahead. <laughs> now, if you could be a fly on the wall in any moment of history, musically or non music, what would it be? Wait, what does that mean? Just like, like you can go visit any, like, like, let's, like, mine would be like, go see who built the pyramids. Mm. Essentially, like, be a fly in that time oh, okay. just to see something. You know, I guess, like, time travel, if you could go back and see anything. I'll probably go. I'll go to see who was the first person that said, let's go to Africa and steal these people. Mm. <laughs> Damn, that's like, yeah, that's a and good I'll one. And I'll see huh? the first person that thought the thought. <laughs> yeah. And what were they even thinking? Like, right, like, did they go knowing that there was people there? Exactly. I don't know, man. That's I think I'll try to see something that has never before been seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's deep. And then last question, if you could give any advice to your younger self, what would it be? Young yourself, man. Just, I'll tell him, you are whatever you want to be. I know that's cliche, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I think if I had the confidence I have right now, earlier on, probably would be a little bit further mm-hmm. in my endeavors. <laughs> so I'll just tell him, like, you can do whatever you want. Right and on. keep keep a level head 
and be you. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Shit. All right. Before we wrap things up, go ahead and promote whatever you want to promote. Social media pages where people can find your music, etc. Uh, I want to promote the last album, Mama Can't Save You, y'all. Where am I looking? This one. That. Yeah. I want to <laughs> promote Mama Can't Save You, y'all. Just dropped in February. Um, I want to promote love. I want to promote joy and peace. I want to promote my lady. Um, my boy D-Ray in the building My loved ones My boy CJ Appreciate all your help my guy My boy from the good source AV I appreciate you my brother I appreciate you And I appreciate God In the music that I can make <laughs> That's a wrap Boom that's gonna wrap it up For another episode of the My Mike and I podcast, episode 129 in the books. And once again, thank you to Jody Joe for being on this episode of the My Mike and I podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on any other uh, platform like Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, just be sure to follow us. Be sure to like the page. Be sure to you know share with a, a friend, a family member, an ex-girlfriend, whoever you think may like this show. I'd really appreciate any support I can get with the podcast. And of course, as I said in the beginning, be sure to follow the Mike and I Instagram page at my period Mike and period I. And follow me on Twitter at underscore Noah Alvarez. Those are the two best platforms to get a hold of me. Give me feedback if you're interested in being on the show, whatever. Those are the two best platforms to get a hold of me. Also, guys, uh, you know, like I said earlier, with the election and everything, I just hope you guys continue to pursue whatever you want to pursue in life and overcome your obstacles. And I know the obstacles may be a little heavier at this time, but just uh, like I said earlier, unwind, take a step back from things, unplug from social media or news, whatever you get your, you know, your information from, just kind of take a step back. The, you know, you can still get the information a day later or two days later and uh, just take some time to process things because I feel like we get things so fast nowadays that it can sometimes be overwhelming and I'm speaking from experience. So yeah, I hope everyone's doing good. Hope you guys have a wonderful week, day, rest of the year. Congratulations to all the election, uh, the electoral candidates that I've had on the podcast as well. Um, even the ones who didn't win, you know, congrats on having a successful campaign and, and just, you know, going through that and putting yourself out there and um, it's been a lot of fun this has been a really fun year for me i know that sounds kind of weird because everyone thinks 2020 oh what a shit show and it has had some shitty moments but i think personally for myself i've had more growth in this year than i've probably ever had in my entire life and that is something to applaud at that is something to smile at that is something to look back on and and think as a, a win for this year and that being said as i always say at the end of every show Hope you guys continue to chase your dreams and not checks. Never stop seeking knowledge. And please, 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 please take care of your mental health, self-love, self-care, unplug, whatever you need to do. Man, I hope you guys get through whatever obstacles you may be going against. And that being said, it's going to wrap it up for episode 129 of the My Mike and I podcast. I'm Noah Alvarez, the host, signing off. 